Hello and welcome to the Arrow Video Podcast with Sam and Dan. Uh, my name is Dan Martin, special effects artist and podcaster, and I am joined as ever by my lovely co-host. Sam Ashurst, and I'm a director, I'm a writer, I'm a cinematographer, I'm an editor, I'm a producer, and I am a podcast human and a Fright Fest host. So that's all I'm doing. Um, <laughs> quite, quite... Uh, yeah, quite excited about Fright Fest this year. Uh, there's there's lots to dig into and talk about. Uh, I think maybe the first thing we should talk about, Dan, is the live podcast that we're doing. Would you like to tell oh, yes. the Arrowheads about that? Absolutely. So um, those of you who attended last year were privy to the fun inaugural live podcast um, at Fright Fest. And um, we didn't burn anything down, so they've asked us back. Yeah, we're going to be doing the same kind of thing, talking about uh, talking about the festival as it's going on, but it's mostly going to be about the guests, um, as with last year. Um, we can't uh, announce all of the guests yet, but Sam, can we announce some of the guests? I think we can announce one of the guests, because one of that, the guests do. Has, <laughs> has agreed to be on it. Uh, my friend and Arrow friend... Heather Buckley is going to be uh, in the UK for Fright Fest this year and she's going to come along on the podcast and uh, she is a very, very charismatic and interesting punk. Uh, She's very, very cool and she'll have lots of incredible stories. Um, She produced the Candyman disc for Arrow Video and... um, Gorgeous disc. And it's just incredible and she did that astonishing Clive Barker interview. We talked about it on the, the Candyman episode if you haven't listened to that yet then go back and listen to it and that's just a a sample of how cool heather is so we're very excited to have her and we'll have uh, a few more guests to announce uh, in the run-up yeah yeah exciting well maybe uh, hopefully at least a couple more next episodes yes uh, but and hopefully all of the guests before the actual podcast but but the tickets are available now yes. um they're free so even if you don't have a weekend pass you can you can pick them up for now and when is it um, dan it's on Saturday afternoon. It's, uh, it's and if I remember correctly, it's, it's, it's not in the afternoon. It's in the morning. Is it not? No. What, th- what time is? Oh, oh, it's like ten forty or something, isn't it? Ten forty-five, I think. Fucking ridiculous time to have a podcast. <laughs> That's fine. Don't say that. You'll put people <laughs> off coming. For God's sake! No, it's, it's the a perfect great time, to... time for a podcast. Sam, it's a great time to attend a podcast. Ah, <laughs> yes. It's a terrible time to do a podcast. Look, I'm normally drunk by that time in the morning anyway, so it'll be fine. You'll uh, be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, no, we, we genuinely can't wait to see you there. It's already sold quite a lot of tickets. There still are yeah. some left. I say sold, they're free. Uh, but uh, We've managed to give away some tickets. Yeah, so, so snap them up if you haven't done so already, and we will see you there. Um, and we can't wait. And one other event I'd like to mention uh, on Wednesday, August 21st at 9pm to 11pm is the Best of the Fest slash Quiz Night at the Phoenix Arts Club, which is also free, but will fill up quite quickly. So I would advise going and queuing um, because it is going to be full of special guests. I will also be there. (laughs) And uh, there's a chance, not guaranteed, I'm frantically editing at the moment, but there's a chance that you might get your first look at the film that I've just been working on, A Little More Flesh, um, at that event. But that's not guaranteed. Don't go just for that. Go for the fact that it's going to be full of famous people and nice people and uh, (laughs) cool people. So, yeah, that is uh, Wednesday, August 21st, 9 to 11. 
at Phoenix Arts Club. Uh, best of fest, quiz night. We will see you there. Right, stuff. That's all the that's all the admin done. Should we get on to our recommendations for Fright Fest twenty, Dan? Or should we explain the the, the format of the show a little bit? Because um, we did something slightly different last year. Yeah, we? yeah. Well, I, I I will leave that in your capable mouth. <laughs> um, thanks. That's gross. <laughs> You're welcome. So. Those of you who listen regularly but maybe didn't hear um, the sort of version of this we did last year, we're going to take a departure from talking about a specific Arrow title and we're instead going to be talking about things that we've either seen that are going to be playing at the festival uh, and that we are excited for you to see or things that we have not seen but have had a peek at, either a, you know, a trailer or, or even just a blurb, but that, we, uh, that we're excited about. Yeah. So really just sharing in the anticipation of the festival because it's, yeah, it's a really nice thing every year partly because of the atmosphere and 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 seeing everyone but obviously also because of the great films so so yeah we just thought we'd uh, take a take an opportunity this fortnight to talk about uh, talk about some of the stuff we're looking forward to and it's it's a special year it's the 20th anniversary of the arrow video fright fest so over 70 movies to choose between it's there's so much there and a lot of big hitters what i've tried to do is sort of pick some slightly more under the radar ones. Yeah, I've, I've, I think. Well, you and I talked about this a little bit, didn't we? I think it's. I think we we've, we've both got one big hitter in there, but it's mostly the kind of deep cut recommendations. Yeah, and to be honest, the I think you know if you're think if you're talking about the thing I think you're talking about, then my big hitter is not one I've seen. It's just one I'm especially excited yes, about. Yes, yes, yeah. But as far as the recommendations go, I know that even if you've got a weekend pass, you still have to request tickets to the discovery screenings, the smaller screenings, and so those are the ones that it's quite easy to miss. And and so you know, Sam and I have seen a few of those, and we thought we'd uh, we'd take an opportunity to talk about some of the smaller stuff. Because the thing is, the really big things they're going to come out. Like it's exciting to see them with a Fryfest audience. It's great to see them early, but if you do have to miss them, then you'll be able to see them down the line. You know, absolutely. Whereas whereas the small ones, whenever I go to any film festival, my intention is always to try and and catch the things that I might not get another chance to see. And, and this is it. And, and these days, so many of these films kind of get snapped up by, uh, you know, amazing streaming services like Shudder. I love Shudder, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm not insulting Shudder. However, this could be your only chance to see it on the big screen, the, some yeah. of these films. Um, because if it goes to Shudder, it doesn't get a cinema release. So, um, yeah, lots to choose from. Uh, Dan, would you like to go first? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to start with one. It's playing on Friday uh, at 3:50 in the afternoon. It's in the Prince Charles Discovery One. Um, it's called To Your Death. It's an animated feature that sits somewhere between Archer and Run Lola Run. It's uh, quite stylized. The I actually really like the animation. I think it's probably going to be a little divisive. It's digitally painted, and they're using a lot of uh, sliding keyframes. But it's um, it's really it's I think it's quite good looking. It's a little a little messy in, in some of the things it's doing, but it's also not really like anything else I've seen, despite me comparing it to a TV show and a movie. It's sort of an office building battle royale with time travel. Uh, Jen described it as being like, we are Dungeons and Dragons for gods. Wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's an animated feature. Uh, I think it's going to be really good fun uh, with a big audience. I kind of wish it was... Um, I wish it was a bit later 
you're going to hear me say that a couple of times uh, in this. Uh, but you know, three fifty. I think if it's a if it's a decently full screen, even if it's a smaller screen, which it is, mm. it's going to have quite a good, fun audience reaction to it. It's going to be a crowd pleaser. So fantastic! Yeah, that sounds really interesting and one that I wasn't really aware of. So uh, we're already doing our job. However. The film I'm going to recommend first is one that you almost certainly would have heard of. It's the opening film, so it's had quite a lot of press, but I couldn't not recommend Come to Daddy uh, because I enjoyed it so much. I would say to just go and see it without reading anything about it. There are some lovely twists throughout and you don't want any of them spoiled in an you know, uh, unkind review that, that doesn't protect you well enough. Um, beautifully shot. The opening title card reveal is just a, an amazing image uh, i just love that so much and yeah just in terms of what goes down in it i think it will play massively well to that arrow video fright fest crowd um it's fun it's disturbing it's ultimately moving um so yeah that's on the thursday on the 22nd of august in the main screen and um yeah, it's a really, really great start to uh, the Arrow Video Fright Fest. Dan? Uh, next for me is uh, another um, Prince Charles Discovery, this one in screen Discovery 2, so the smallest screen that uh, Fright Fest has. It's at, uh, on the Monday at 6.15 in the afternoon. It's super, super low-budget black-and-white film. I don't know if any of you ever saw um, The Lost Skeleton of Cadavera. It smacks a little bit like an English version of that. Um, it's sort of a love letter to the old black-and-white British uh, like haunted house movies but it's also got a, a healthy dose of practical effects there's a lot of sam raimi love in there um there's a psycho reference there's some there's some fun stuff uh it's called here comes hell like i said it's 6 15 on monday um i think it's a directorial debut there's obviously a lot of love in screen if you're if you object to things that aren't super polished it might annoy you and i will say it's a little slow to get going um but it really kicks off in the second act um again a lot of practical effects uh, a lot of fun to be had in that one great well uh that sounds very good paul mcavoy has raved about that one uh, obviously one of the arrow video fright fest directors uh people who run the uh the, the festival as i'm sure you all know and he really raved about that one i think it played in glasgow first didn't it and and it's yeah, one, I think one, one of those rare yeah. ones that has made it to to the main festival so um yeah i can't wait to see it so good recommendation right uh, my next recommendation is Knives and Skin, uh, which is basically Assassination Nation directed by David Lynch uh, with a twist of Panos Cosmatos. Um, it's about how a missing girl impacts a small town in an American suburb. Uh, it won't be for everyone, but it's stylish and slow-paced with some beautiful cinematography. And Confession, uh, I actually only watched the first 20 minutes of this one because I felt like I wanted to watch it on the big screen um, rather than just on my laptop. Um, it's lovely production design, lovely lighting. Um, so this is a recommendation with the caveat that it might go to absolute shit uh, in the second half. <laughs> And at the end, well, who knows? But from what I saw, I really loved it. So um, I heard a lot of people talking about it in uh, in Cannes, and I know that okay. it was it was quite divisive. Right. But a lot of people were very positive about it. So I, I suspect if you like the first twenty minutes, it, it yeah. stays on your wavelength. And you know me, I like that divisive shit. So um, yeah, knives <laughs> and skin. Dan, what is next for you? 
Next is uh, on at Saturday at 12.35 in the afternoon. Again, uh, and then again at 1.05 on the Horror Channel screen. So it's Arrow screen at uh, 12.35, 1.05 on the Horror Channel screen. This is the only one of the ones I've seen that I'm recommending that's on the main screen. I was a little bit divided about whether or not I'd recommend this one because I think it's really, really fun, but I think it's on at a terrible time slot. This one needs to be like a sort of late night. Everyone's had a few drinks. Everyone's a bit like buzzed out from Mm. a whole day at a festival. It's a Brazilian horror film. It's got echoes, well, sort of references to the Coffin Joe franchise. Like it's, but then also it references a lot of other things. They literally reference, like vocally reference Stranger Things at one point. So it's obviously also quite modern in its references. It's called Ghost Killer versus Bloody Mary. That is not a literal translation. Um, I think the Bloody Mary name is is different in Brazil. So they've just sort of juxtap- they've just transposed that. Over. Right, but in English it's called Ghost Killers versus Bloody Mary, and um, yeah, it's really fun. It's very lowbrow. Uh, it lost me a little bit with some toilet humour at the beginning of the third act, but for the most part, like it, it almost feels bottom esque in some places okay. in its comedy. It's that kind of level. Um, right, but it's yeah, it's pretty fun. It's about a bunch of YouTubers who have a uh, have a ghost like a, a ghost finding, ghost hunting uh, web series. And uh, they need some money, and they get asked to go and do a public performance at a school where the students are all uh, convinced that there's this Bloody Mary character caused an epileptic seizure in one of the bathrooms. And so the headmaster's like, "We've got an entertainment budget. We'll spend it on you guys. You guys do a big pantomime of getting rid of the ghost. They'll be happy, and uh, and we get a bit of a show." Uh, but then it turns out that it is a legitimate haunting, and everything goes crazy. That sounds uh, that sounds very interesting. I'm not I'm not sure if that's if that's on my wavelength or not, but um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if it will. It's it, like it's it's a pretty dumb film, right? Yeah, like there's a, a lot of slapstick. Uh, for example, a fetus ejaculates in someone's face at some point. Right. So cr- <laughs> trauma vibes potentially. Uh, it's a lot glossier than Troma. Right, okay. It's, it's a much more proficiently made film than that. Right. Yeah, it, to be honest, it kind of feels like a, a mainstream American comedy. Right. Like a mainstream American horror comedy. Right, okay. But it but it goes further in some places, and in other places it's a bit cheaper or, or a bit less successful. Right, but, right. But yeah, it's it's certainly fun. Okay. I just wish it was playing later. Cool, well... Uh, drunk when they watched it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure there's an audience there for it, so um, that's a good one. Uh, my next recommendation is actually a double bill. I'm cheating again, as I always do. Uh, I would like to recommend, they're both on the Friday, but not um, clashing, uh, Harpoon and Sadistic Intentions. Now, both are freehanders. Um, both have two men and one woman uh, in mostly one location. And I'd actually recommend both films off the back of the Leeds chemistry. Harpoon kind of feels like it's always sunny meets dead calm and sadistic attentions is what would happen if House of the Devil featured Crispin Glover. Uh, There is an actor in that film that is the reincarnation, not that Crispin Glover's dead. But um, yeah, I spoke with the director and I said, how did you how did you travel back in time to get Crispin Glover from the 80s into your movie? And uh, he he did uh, concede that time travel is quite hard. Um, But yeah, it's uh, it's it's fun. Uh, and like I say, the chemistry uh, between those actors is so good. And they're both just great examples of how to make a low-budget movie tense and compelling. 
and sort of they're both examples of what can be achieved with really good actors that you kind of want to spend time with even though you know they're mostly awful people um oh yeah, yeah they're no, terrible I, people yeah <laughs> but yeah no I, I i enjoyed both very much so uh, they're both on uh, the 23rd of august uh, harpoon and sadistic intentions dan what is next for you um on saturday another one uh, at uh, at 10:45 in the morning is um i've just realized that this one and the next one are playing at the same time so good luck (laughs) (laughs) um that's the other problem with recommending the discovery screenings is that often they only get the one the one play whereas the movies in the big screen get two well who knows dan maybe one of these films will be lucky enough to be like frankenstein's creature and become the first film to sell out at the arrow video fright fest and then whichever one has sold out people can go and see the other one so uh, you're doing a service. <laughs> you're saying <laughs> hopefully people will miss out. I mean, I guess <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm. Well, I guess I hope that both of these get cinema runs. And actually, of the of the ones I'm recommending, I think these two are probably the uh, the ones that are most likely, just because they're a little bit bigger budget. They're both English language, but. This one Saturday at ten forty five in the Cineworld Discovery screen. Uh, it's I'll take your dead, which has reminiscences of We Are Still Here. Um, but with a sort of gangland element to it. It's uh, it's quite slow, but it's nice. Uh, and it's less a ghost story than it is a, a sort of crime drama with ghosts in it. But yeah, I really liked it. I really liked the aesthetic of it. Yeah, it, that was... You've seen it, haven't you, sir? Yeah, that was actually on my long list. And do you know what film it most reminded me of? Um, Tigers what? Are Not Afraid. It really sort of... Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good uh, a good connection for it. So um, I do wonder if this could be a kind of buzzed about gem. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a really good pick. I have seen some whispers on uh, on Twitter after its various festival screenings around the world mm. uh, with people saying, you know, why didn't anyone tell me about this? And so it's yeah, it's a, it's certainly a, a nice little one. It's um, a good the young the young lead in it, the young female lead in it mm. is absolutely fantastic. She's great. Yeah, she's really good. She's really, really good. Um, again, similar to Tigers, where um, it had yeah. those amazing young performances. Great. Yeah, really good pick. And um, yeah, a- almost on my list. Uh, but I have instead gone for uh, Depraved, which Jen Wexler talked about on our last live podcast. Um, it's the film that she produced, uh, the Larry Fessenden Frankenstein movie. And I really loved it. Um, obviously, I have a soft spot for the story. I made the first British Frankenstein movie since 1974. But even if I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> this is a beautiful film. Um, which... did, you direct a, did you direct a film? <laughs> directed two. You should, you should talk about it more. <laughs> I've done two now, Dan. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you've thrown me off. It, no, but yeah, no. <laughs> it had elements that reminded me of um, some of the techniques used in brain damage, actually. It's kind of... Um, yeah, it's got some very arty elements to it that, that that work very well and that are motivated. And yeah, I just, I, I found it really, um, it, again, it's another one that's kind of quite slow paced. And um, But yeah, there's one moment towards the end, which I will not ruin, uh, but basically the style of the movie changes slightly and it just made me so, so happy. So um, Depraved, that's on the 25th of August and um, I recommend it. Dan, what's next for you? What's next for me is uh, on almost the same time as my last recommendation. On It's Saturday at 11.10 
So 25 minutes after the other one starts. So if you don't like, I'll take you dead. Just walk out, head over to the Cineworld Discovery screen, the other one. Is there two cinema? Have I got the day wrong? You might. Got- no, there's not two Cineworld Discoveries, so maybe yeah, people are I- okay. So looking at my notes, I realised that actually my next one is not on at the same time as uh, I'll Take Your Dead because it's impossible because they're on in the same screen. Uh, It's merely that one is on at 10.45am and this is on at 11.10pm, which is a fantastic slot for it. I think I mentioned this when I was talking about um, The Vast of Night, which I saw at um, Overlook. When you go to a genre festival and you see a listing for a movie that's not technically within the remit of that festival, you know you've got something special because they had to allow it in even though it doesn't really abide by the rules. It's a movie called Volition. Really, the less I say about it, the better. But imagine if Next with Nicolas Cage wasn't shit. Okay, I'm imagining it. That's kind of it. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Cool. Um, it's, yeah, a, a, a man with mild prescience and, uh, and in this instance, a, a connection to the world of petty crime gets involved in some stuff. Uh, I really don't, I, like, to be honest, there were some things I predicted. There were a lot of things I didn't predict. There were some things I predicted based on the Fright Fest, like, blurb that was written for it. Not to in any way criticise the guys and their uh, their thing, because I know that often they kind of just take it from what the, the filmmakers write. But um, but I, I wish I'd known less about this going in. But it's really good. Ah, uh, uh, well, okay, great. Well, everyone not, avoid not, the programme. But it's not a horror film. <laughs> okay. Well, that, that you know, it's, it's Fright Fest isn't necessarily just a, a, a horror festival. It is horror, fantasy, science fiction and... Um, you know, yeah, but is it often violent crime? <laughs> it is. They 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 say it in the bloody description. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I know it's called Fright Fest, but but yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, I know it's called Arrow Video Fright Fest. So I'm going to move on to mine now, which is another double bill. Uh, but it's it's my last one, so uh, so that's fine. Okay. So I am recommending that people go and see the Barge People and for we are many and they're both on the 26th of august they do not clash um i should say up front that i know both charlie steeds who made the barge people and laurie brewster who oversaw the horror anthology for we are many so we can just call this my nepotism recommendations however uh i love both movies and both filmmakers um charlie and laurie have similar sensibility to me in that they're very ambitious and uh want to achieve miracles on micro budgets and barge people it's like a kind of like a lost vhs movie i would have rented over and over again when i was a kid it's Charlie is very much influenced by that era. Um, it's in his music, it's in his, you know, font choice, it's in his special effects, and he's. it's just a really, really fun uh, creature feature that takes some really interesting turns. And uh, it's a short one, it's under 80 minutes, I think it's like 78 minutes or something like that. So it gets in and it gets out. Tight. But, um, it will be a, a riot, that screening. People will have lots of fun. And for We Are Many... Now, that's uh, an anthology, and as always with anthologies, you know, there's hits and misses, uh, but there are more hits here than misses, and more importantly than that, it gives a voice to a whole army of exciting upcoming filmmakers in the UK uh, and elsewhere. So uh, if you're a fan of British cinema, please support both these guys, and there's a chance I'll be involved with the Barge People screening. Um, It's not confirmed yet, but it looks like I might be hosting it, so... um, if you're there, come and say hello. Um, that's on the 26th of August in the same slot as Frankenstein's Creature, a film that I made, Dan. 
Wait, what? What? Yeah, I, I should have <laughs> mentioned it. Anyway, good. Yeah. Right, great. What, have you got one more? Or is that it? I, well, I had a question for you about We Are Many. How many? How many slots? How many? Um, how many f- films make up the anthology? Is it like a We Are? Is it a uh, like a sort of an old Amicus three or four? Or is it's, it um, more like ABCs of Death kind of twenty five? It is more so like it's... ABCs of Death, but not quite twenty five. But yeah, it's it's got loads i mean there's loads um but it's got nicholas vince from hellraiser and nightbreed he um he's kind of like the horror host uh, of the thing and one of them features lawrence harvey um who oh, lovely lawrence no and who's an absolute lovely man so um yeah it, it's it's you know by the time you're sort of let's say you're fed up of one there's another one coming in a minute and it's great. <laughs> it just keeps on going. And because, you know, horror is so, um, you know, we've all got our own taste. There is something in there for everyone. So, uh, yeah, for We Are Many, that's on uh, Monday, the 26th of August, as is the nice. large people. Right. What's um, next? Do you want to do some um, recommendations I, of stuff yeah, we haven't seen? Just. I just wanted to mention a couple of things that I'm looking forward to. Not that I want them to be so full I can't get in. Um, the first one, there's no chance of that. It's going to be playing in the two big, big screens. Uh, 8.35 on the Thursday in the Arrow screen and then 9 uh, on uh, on Thursday in the Horror Channel screen. Um, it's Alexandra Aja's Crawl. I can't wait for that. I'm so excited about this. Um, I'm a big fan of a Why the Fuck Is That In Here monster movie. Um, this is, it, like reading the synopsis, it reads like a, a damp Cujo um, I'm, <laughs> I'm really, they'll, they'll really put that on the poster, Dan, for sure. <laughs> a damp Cujo. Yeah. I'll phone Alex. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you're putting on the poster, but get rid of it. A damp Cujo. <laughs> that's going to sell it. Um, yeah, there was. Uh, the thing is, there's a lot of promise in these, and sometimes they're amazing, and sometimes they're disappointing. I have faith in Alexander that he's going to he's going to pull something out of the bag. Um, there was a shark in a shopping mall, a flooded shopping mall movie a couple of years back that I've forgotten the name of. Mm. Uh, Johannes Roberts, uh, who with whom I worked or whose film I worked on with Alexandra Aja, which is where I um where I sort of I met him. He had a screenplay that was going to be made and then never really happened, which was kind of a which was more even more of a damp cujo than this, in that it's a uh, a couple stuck in a pool at a Spanish villa oh, with, uh, yeah. with a pack of rabid dogs I, moving around the outside. I remember you telling me about this. This sounded was, so good. Yeah, it was such a fucking good uh, script. It was so good. And it bounced around for a little bit and he was going to direct it and then it got optioned and a couple of other people were attached. Uh, And I feel I can say that much about it because it did get into the trades at one point as being announced with um, Paul Hyatt at the helm. But um, that seemed to fizzle out. Um, I'm really, really hoping it comes back. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great uh, a great idea. The idea that they're um, they're stuck in this heavily chlorinated water, kind of like somewhere between Cujo and... um, uh, oh, what's the shark movie? Where open water. Um, open water. Yeah, like open water meets Cujo. But this, uh, yeah, so this is a, an alligator. I think there's been a tornado and the house is flooded. And uh, this giant fucking alligator gets in and a, and a woman has to deal with that. I'm a big fan of alligator movies. I'm a big fan of a why is that animal in this place movies. Uh, I'm a big fan of animals attacking people movies in general. Uh, watch, oh God, I watched Wild Beasts last night. Have you seen that, Sam? 
Uh, I don't think I have. No, what's it about? Yeah, I d- I'm not recommending it. Oh, okay, fine. Um, it's directed by um, Jacopetti, one of the two guys that did Mondo Carne. And oh, right. Goodbye, Uncle Tom, and all that kind of stuff. And actually, there are elements of it that are fucking incredible, but there's no way it'll ever get released in the UK because it's fucking chocker with, like... Imagine if Lindsay was a had access to a higher higher grade of animal oh it's, god yeah um so uh, what was that film that we watched when i very first moved in with you obviously we don't live together anymore but um this was nearly 10 years ago uh so you might not remember i think it was called day of the animals was it day of the animals oh yeah with william shatner punching a bear oh so good so so good <laughs> there you go film. there's a recommendation right um uh, and you've got another one have you Oh, yeah, yeah. So the other one, well, like, so I don't know a huge amount about Happy Face. Uh, it's playing on Saturday at 9pm, Prince Charles Discovery 2. Um, it is the Duke Mitchell choice this year. Um, their choice is almost always exceptional. Yeah. Last year, Cold Hell was my favourite of the festival, um, and that was their choice last year. Um, Happy Face is ostensibly about a, uh, a man that decides uh, for... Uh, reasons that are still slightly unclear to me that he is going to uh, temporarily aesthetically disfigure himself to because he's too handsome like his life is either he's got it too easy or he doesn't understand hardships whatever and he joins a uh, like a sort of counseling group for people with uh, disfigurement um, who are dealing with uh, with this in their life but all of the cast um, are people with uh, genuine um, disfigurement of some kind and um, when I was looking it up to, to find out about it, one of the IMDb reviews is actually by one of the guys who's in it. <laughs> um, and he, he gives it 10 out of 10. And he's like, look, I had a motorcycle accident. It fucked my face up. This was an amazing experience to be part of this film. It's a really important movie. Yeah, so I think that between his endorsement and just the, the tacit endorsement of it being chosen by uh, by Duke Mitchell means that that's definitely one to check out. So yeah, that's Happy Face, Saturday, 9pm, Prince Charles Discovery 2. Fabulous. I am going to not give any details about my picks of films that I haven't actually seen. I'm just going to rattle off a list of names. And uh, should you choose Dear Sweet Arrowhead, you can write them down, find them in the programme. Um, these are all films that either didn't get sent to me or did get sent to me and the password didn't work. So we have um, Bliss, Freaks, I Trap the Devil, Daniel Isn't Real, and The Legend of the Stardust Brothers. Uh, these all look up mine and Dan's street. Uh, Freaks was uh, another one of these that was at Glasgow and has come to uh, London, and I kind of very much trust it when it when that happens because it's so rare. Um, and yeah, Bliss is a cool vampire movie shot on 16mm, uh, which the trailer is fucking fantastic if you haven't watched it. And yeah, uh, I Trapped the Devil has a great cast, great premise, so I'm up for that. And uh, yeah, I've heard amazing things about Daniel Isn't Real and Legend of the Stardust Brothers just looks um, fucking weird and I like fucking weird. So uh, (laughs) there we go. That is our recommendations for Arrow Video Fright Fest 2019. Dan. Just to, to, to clip in at the end here, I know we're not doing things we've watched recently, but it's I think it's a limited print, and uh, I know there's a couple of weeks between episodes, so I just want to let our listeners know that the Putney Swope Blu-ray 
that uh, Vinegar Syndrome just put out is unfucking believably beautiful um, as a reprint. I've never seen it anywhere close to that quality. So if you like that film, I don't know how many they pressed, but it'll disappear, I think. So worth checking out. See, what you need to do, Dan, is especially on an episode where we have both agreed not to do recommendations because we're doing a whole recommendations episode, is point people towards your Twitter where you've already made that statement um, and let them retweet (laughs) it rather than taking up my valuable time um, with your <laughs> rule-breaking. <laughs> you've, definitely, you've definitely doubled down on that valuable time squandering <laughs> with your complaint. <laughs> anyway, right, extra features. Extra features? Extra features? Extra features. So, Dan, you have an extra feature. Yeah, so um, this is one of those fun ones where I'm uh, telling you about something that's going to happen in the future. But in the coming days, I am going to be sitting down with Abner Pastol, uh, Abner's second feature um, to play at Fright Fest, uh, is the closing night film, A Good Woman is Hard to Find, uh, which, spoiler alert, I did some effects for, um, both in Ireland and in Belgium, um, although it's all set in Ireland. Uh, his first film... Uh, to play at Fright Fest was Road Games, uh, which played a few years back. Sam, I think you saw Road Games already? Yeah, I really like Road Games. Great film. Uh, yeah, recommendation. If you haven't seen Road Games, find Road Games. It's a very, very well-plotted film. Yeah, it's really nice. It's quite like quite a gentle, slow road movie thriller. Very big in France, mm. apparently. <laughs> they really like it over in France. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to be talking to Abner um, about that difficult second movie and, uh, and what it's like to be back at the festival. Wonderful. Well, let's have a little listen. I'm joined here by Abner Pastel, the director of A Good Woman is Hard to Find uh, and returning director to Fright Fest. Uh, Abner, how are you doing? Thanks for... I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. So this year, A Good Woman is Hard to Find is closing the festival. That's right. That's it's, exciting. It's, it's an amazing... Uh, it's such an honour. What can I say? Did you find out that the film was playing at the same time you found it was going to close, or did they say it's playing and then? I knew I knew that they wanted the film for quite a while, and I knew that they were considering it. They had mentioned that they were considering it for the closing film, which, knowing that they were considering that, kind of made me a bit stressed because thinking, "Oh, it's never going to be the closing film." So then, when they finally told me, "Okay, we've decided it is definitely the closing film. It's the right one," I was uh, gobsmacked. That's, uh, yeah, that's awesome. That must be an amazing feeling. Yeah. Um, do you want to give a little synopsis of it for our listeners? I'll give you the basic pitch, which is uh, yeah. it's about a young, recently widowed uh, single mother with two children, and it explores how far she's willing to go to protect her children, her family unit, uh, while she's piecing together the truth behind her husband's murder. That's the very basic. That's it. Don't don't very, share anymore. Now, as uh, as I think I've mentioned on the podcast already, you know, full disclosure. Obviously, I I, I know the script well. I, I worked on the film. I watched it with you and Paul a little while ago. I That's think right. after it was selected. Um, it was yeah. So Paul McAvoy, one of the co-directors of the film festival, he what was his second time watching it. Yeah. Yeah, he loves it. So I yes. love it. It's great. <laughs> but it's it's nice to see him enthused about it so much. Right, right. So our, our listeners are interested in, uh, in in the process, obviously. Uh, the period of time between uh, Rogue Games and, and this film is right. is not tiny. Um, talk about the uh, the process of moving from a you know a festival success like Rogue Games, and I think you know it's been released internationally. It's, yeah, it's done well. It's been released in 
Uh, 50 countries. So 50 far. countries, 50 yeah. Countries. I mean, that's a, that's that's a pretty big amazing. thing. Yeah. yeah. So how do you go from that to getting the next film? And is that period of time standard for, for, for that process? I, I don't know. I think filmmaking is so crazy and takes such a long time to get a project off the ground in general. So like a, a good few years is quite normal. But it's funny, with A Good Woman is Hard to Find, I actually read the script for it one month before the world premiere of Road Games at Fright Fest. Wow. So that's how long I've actually been working on the film. And so the, the, the process of actually getting that off the ground, it, it took quite a long time, I think, because I think it was about two, just over two years after I first sort of like came across the project to, to shooting, which in itself is actually quite a short window of time. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Were you approached with the script or...? No, so it's a funny story. I, um, having just completed Road Games, knowing the world premiere was going to be at Fright Fest, I had a, a few ideas and projects. I, I, had, I had written one, one script of my own already, but I was looking for a writing partner because I had a few other ideas and I thought it might be interesting to work with somebody else rather than writing alone, just to bounce ideas and what, whatever. And so my producer actually knew an agent at Castle Rotto and got in touch with him and said, you know, look, Abner's looking for somebody to collaborate with. Do you have any sort of writing samples and like writers to suggest? And so he sent over five writing samples, five scripts by five different writers. And I was reading them, reading through them. And I was like, yeah, okay, they're pretty good. And I was trying to find somebody that sort of like I connected with, I clicked with, uh, you know, obviously before even meeting them. And then one of those scripts just so happened to be called A Good Woman is Hard to Find. And it blew me away. So I immediately said, like, so actually, what is, is, is this something that's being made? Like, what is this script? And it turned out that, he, that Ronan Blaney, the writer of the script, had literally just completed that script a few days before. And I was one of the first people that actually even read it, Amazing. other than his agent. And uh, so I said, it, it, like, if this hasn't been optioned or whatever, let's make it. So we went back to the agent and said, um, actually, this is even better than a writing partner. Abner wants to make this movie. Can we make it? And they, they were like, what do you mean? Do you want to make, you want to make it? It's like, we, we don't want to spend time with development or anything. It's perfect as it is. <laughs> and, and is the script that we shot, is that the one that you read? Or were there... We, you know, there were, there, were, there were a few tweaks along the way because the script's never really completed until you lock the picture in, in the edit or whatever. But um, essentially, it's what Ronan intended. I, I, did a few, I did make a few tweaks myself from a directorial perspective. And then once we cast Sarah Bolger, she had some input in the character. But essentially, it's the script that Ronan wrote. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know if there's something I'm allowed to discuss, but um, can we talk a little bit about shooting internationally? Yes. As, as a, although it's all set in one place. So... I mean, it's, it's just the way... When you, when you structure a film, sometimes you, you, know, you have to film and fake the location for somewhere else just of because of the way the money comes together or whatever. So this film was a co-production, a UK-Belgian co-production. And uh, the film, whilst it's not specifically set in Belfast, we chose Belfast as a shooting location. So half the film was shot there and then half the film was shot in Belgium. Uh, which you know, of course, because yeah. you were with us in the Belgian. I think you sent some. You sent Roz. Yeah, Roz. Uh, Roz Gomesol was with uh, with you in uh, Belfast. Belfast, and uh, and then I was out with you in Belgium. Yes, that's right. Uh, so, what did you want to know about the co-production? Well, just just what it was like to because um, you know traveling like that mm. in the middle of a film. Obviously, we were. I was only in Belgium for a little while. I think you hadn't been there for very long by the time I got there. No, actually, so um, I 
basically what we wrapped shoot we shot in half the film in Belfast and then we had a travel day. I think we had I had one day off in between, so I came back to London before I got on the train down to Belgium. But basically a couple of, of days off in the middle and then straight into it. Because That's brutal. What we shot in Bel- in Belgium was, uh, a, you know, we were on the set. Yeah. So we had a set built for in- interiors. And uh, so that had that was being constructed whilst we were shooting. Well, they had started before we started shooting because I think they had about a, a month of construction. So it's not as complicated as you might think. It's just it's basically just the travel and making sure that everybody arrives. Is that the first full set like that you've had built for one of your projects? It is. Yeah. It is. How does that feel walk on, walking into that space? It's pretty amazing because it was, I think, the first time where I. I was picturing something that was in my mind because mm. I had discussed this with my production designer and obviously she came up with all of these floor plans and then I tweaked them with her and I was describing what I wanted it to look like. So walking onto, uh, you know, I obviously was being updated as they were building it, seeing the pictures or whatever. I couldn't go because we were in prep in Belfast. So walking into the set for the first time, was, it was a bit bizarre because I was walking into how exactly how I had imagined it would look, which is a totally different to when you're looking for a location to match the script, you constantly having to compromise and adapt, and that's not a bad thing. You're finding new, interesting, new, new perspectives and angles of existing locations. But to have a location built exactly how you imagined it is a completely different thing. So, uh, obviously, closing night. Yes, Good Woman is hard to find. Um, it's playing in the Arrow screen and the Horror Channel screen. Is that correct? It's in both. So, I, uh, the Arrow video screen is at eight forty-five. Mm-hmm. And the, um, the Horror Channel screen is at 9.15pm. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming and talking to me. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to seeing it at Fry Fest. <laughs> See you soon. Cheers. Well, I'm assuming that was great because I haven't heard it. Wasn't that lovely, I'm, presumably? I'm, I'm assuming it was. <laughs> uh, and shall we do... Uh, thank you for doing that, Dan. Uh, it's always right. good to hear from Abner. Shall we do our social media? Uh, yeah, I'm at 13fingerfx, uh, where you can go and see a fantastic tweet uh, about the uh, recent Blu-ray of Putney Swope. Sam, what's your... <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> please follow me on Instagram. Uh, I'm at samashurst23, uh, and I've recently been doing a series of little videos where I play uh, unsuspecting people, the final minute of the film that I've been working on, um, uh, Dan did an incredible special effect for us. And, um, because it's such an important thing, uh, I prioritize that in terms of the editing. So, uh, that is kind of ready. So I've been showing that to people and filming their reactions, uh, to Dan's incredible work. So, uh, please follow me on Instagram. I'm sure more of those will pop up. Uh, as as we get closer to people being able to actually see it, which might not be for another year. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, anyway, I mean, good. I, I almost feel like it would work in your favour to hold off until maybe there's another <laughs> horror film festival to play it at. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Um, let's see when that could be. Anyway, uh, I'd like to thank Dan. I hope that you don't hurt yourself in the next... <laughs> seven hours um i'd like to <laughs> it's a very specific low-key curse <laughs> uh well what the listener won't know is that uh i was i was threatened earlier by um a strange person so i i may well be vanishing off the face of the earth anyway so if that's going to happen i might as well take you with me so send my regards to the man who controls time y- Sam. exactly jesus christ <laughs> anyway uh that's a super in joke so let's end this now Let's end this torment now. Thank you so much for listening. And we promise to be more professional next time.
Thank you so much. Bye-bye. 